You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's 666 Park Avenue After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's 666 Park Avenue After Show. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Bing is for doing, and we are doing another episode of 666 Park Avenue. And uh, I'm your host, Miriam Gonzalez, and these are my lovely co-hosts. Introduce yourselves. I'm Christine Archer. And Grant Redder, hello. Well, super excited that we are here tonight to discuss episode six of season one, Diabolic. We gotta we gotta do a public service announcement before okay. we get into it. <laughs> we like PSAs. By the way, is Grant's mic up? Just just wanna check real fast. It is up. I think he needs to get uh, just a smidge here? closer into it. All right. <laughs> there we go. Okay. All right, so as you guys are obviously hearing, a whole new batch of hosts. So here in AfterBuzz TV, we really strive to have super fans host the show. And uh, in the nicest way, he, this is going to be very strange because uh, the, the, the hosts we had, they really enjoyed uh, doing the show. They liked being together. They, they were forming a really good bond, but they just weren't finding the show as enjoyable. Um, luckily, these guys do. I don't see how that's remotely possible no. because to me, I'm not a big fan of like horror, scary, mysterious type things, but I completely got sucked into this this show. Well, last week it was just heating up. Now <laughs> it's really, really, really on fire now. So I don't understand yeah. why they let go so fast. And here, here's, the, here's kind of the inherent problem is when you start a TV show from the beginning, you never know what you're going to get. And so a lot of times, you, you, you know, the hosts here, they want to sign up and things like that. Like, oh, I think I love that show. And then, you, you know, you turn out, ah, not for me. So it happens, especially with new shows. Um, obviously, if it's like season two or season three, at that point, you kind of know what the show is about and yeah. whether or not you like it. Going into it, not so much. So here we are. Here we and are. And I'm glad we got you guys. Well, we're excited to be here. At Don't least I know can. I am. <laughs> and uh, last week's episode, we had, you know, Olivia threw a Halloween ball and was attacked. And, um, you know, Jane becomes the person of interest of the spirit inside of the suitcase. And that is just the weeks leading up to the suitcase and the hands pushing through and the automatic turning of unlocking it. Just absolutely trippy. And also last week we had uh, Brian questioning Luis about Dr. Evans and her relationship with him. The show ended last week with Gavin being robbed of something very, very personal. And it's that mysterious secret box. The red box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's freaky as all can be. Today we opened with... Um, with Jane in the shower, and she's having these flashbacks of this attack, the the ghost of Peter coming after her with the axe and running after her. And um, she 
she's just, I mean, her, her, you would think that she's crazy, but she's not. She actually sees the spirits of what's happening in this crazy hotel, the Drake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I must watch too much TV because I knew that was a dream as soon as they opened up on it. I ruined things to myself because <laughs> I knew it was going to be just a dream. But nonetheless, I mean, it's a real like reaction to what happened. And at the beginning of this episode, Henry was really concerned for her. It was really it seemed really genuine. And I have a point I want to bring up later about all this. Well, I think that it's not so much that Jane is dreaming about it. I think that she is very intuitive, kind of like Nona is, where Nona will touch you or have a, a piece of your personal belonging and actually can see what's going to happen. Where Jane, you know, she she can walk into a room. It's not always a dream. She can walk into the, the downstairs basement basement where the laundromat is mm. and see blood running down the walls where you know then she'll turn around and it's not there so she i think is very intuitive to what the history of the drake is and the fact that she's managing the building and is going out of her way to seek out the history mm-hmm. she's leaving herself more open to these situations well to your point they say that people have their third eye and some are much more wide open than others, mm-hmm. where Henry's probably is, is pretty closed. Nona and, and Jane, of course, there's probably really, like you mentioned, wide open, so she just happens to fall in that area and everyone thinks she's a little cray-cray. And you have to wonder if she, because she has the family connection to the Drake with, you know, who we found out is now her grandmother, mm-hmm. um, the little girl, if that maybe is what's giving her kind of this, like, sixth sense when it comes to the Drake. It's which I guess we'll find out. It's yeah. very, very possible. We will see. So we have now Henry, who is starting to think that Jane is, you know, quite, as the detectives are in um, in the Drake, going through her step-by-step step of the events that have happened during this, this whole attack. They're finding that where she claims to be climbing up a, a shaft is now full of cobwebs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things are just not as they appear. And so as a result of that, they are starting to question that she's making this whole thing up. Henry, of course, doesn't feel that she is at that point early in the in the episode. But I feel that like once she sits down with the detective and and which was crazy that he asked Henry, the detective asks Henry, is does she have any family history of mental illness or what have mm-hmm. you? It, it kind of makes you wonder. And, and we find out a little bit later what the story is behind that. Mm-hmm. I can understand why they would ask that question, though. I mean, they're just doing their job. <laughs> it wasn't I, it wasn't really like an odd moment for me to hear him say that. But I'm wondering what type of a relationship is going to develop between these two, because they seem to really connect to me. I don't know. There's so many cast members on the show. I don't know if something's <laughs> going to continue with the detective and Jane, but there seems to me like they established a little bit of a, a relationship. And I think it will. I mean, you saw at the end where he he is in the car looking at, um, what is it, Kandinsky, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's looking, uh, yeah, looking at his picture in the article. So I feel like this might be something that continues into the next few episodes. And we had so many new characters, like you mm-hmm. said earlier, in this one that it's kind of hard to tell like where the storyline is really going. But I think that there could be something with, with Jane and the detective in well, the future. Well, he, he establishes when, he, when she sits down with him, she's like, if I told you, you wouldn't believe me. And if I tell you the truth, I don't want you to think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. And... The connection with them there is when he starts telling her about his grandfather and the death of his grandfather Mm -hmm. or grandmother and feeling her energy in the room. And people tend to say that happens, you know, a lot. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to relate to her. But the fact that she busts out the 1929 article of Peter Kramer Mm -hmm. and what has happened... 
that described, it's like the whole article was exactly what happened the night of the Halloween ball. And she showed that to him before she even showed it to Henry. So that says something mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, well. Story wise, it makes sense that someone is on her side and someone will eventually believe her. Yeah. Because if she's out on her own island, it's just going to be this crazy chick running around this old building. So it, it makes sense. It works. It works. It's one of those things where um, he. Henry's going to have a hard time believing her, especially once he found the article, because she has become so engulfed. She's dived in so much into finding out the real story behind the Drake that it's almost a one step too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's like, well, okay, we get that you're managing the building. We get that you're going to fix the lights and change the bulbs and, and you know, make sure doorbells are ringing and bats aren't flying out of the walls. <laughs> but, but, you know, how... At what point do you stop crossing the line to what, where your mm-hmm. job starts and right. where it ends and where you're going too far? Yeah, definitely. And I think, I feel kind of bad for Jane because it, you know, could end up in the typical situation where there's this crazy lady and Henry is kind of now turning against her and saying, and she's basically saying, like, I want to leave, I want to get out of here, um, which I think that's going to lead into a whole nother storyline with, like, their relationship because they've kind of been the happy couple up until this point. And now we're kind of seeing Jane saying, you know, hey, I don't want you to have to pick me over your job because I know that's important to you, but, you know, at the same time, she's like, I can't stay here. And I just don't really want to be a part of it anymore. And she wants to go back to Indiana. So I think we'll kind of see in the next few episodes maybe where that's going to go um, and kind of how their relationship is going to end up. And we have this publicist running around. Yeah. This annoying Laurel. She annoys me anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, she's always, last episode and this this evening as well, reminding him how he needs to maintain an image that he is an eligible bachelor and to lose the tie and to loosen up and to kind of forget about, you know, that she's kind of a, that um, Jane is kind of weighing him down a little bit. So she's going to get in the way. I'm waiting for her to really put the moves in him, slip something in his drink. I know something's <laughs> got something. They're going to be in a, a compromise situations sooner than later, I imagine. She definitely has some ulterior motives, I think. Well, she's definitely part of, I mean, part of the whole fact to why he's pursuing the mayor's office now so hard is because of Gavin. And I feel, and we'll get into this as we get into predictions, I feel that her reasoning for pushing him so hard especially when it comes to his career is because this is all his career is going to benefit Gavin and that's why I feel that they became the people that manage the building and that's why Gavin is becoming so close with them because Gavin tends to be a person who is out for himself and so because Jane is digging so deep into the Drake and the history of it, it can expose Gavin in not the best mm-hmm. way. And so the way that they go about it is by scaring the bejesus out of her. <laughs> and, you know, by she has all these scenarios. The only way that she's not going to weigh Henry down is by being scared and running from the Drake. Mm-hmm. And being gone, basically. And Which... a lot of that is because of the fact that the little girl is her grandmother and... There's, like, that whole mm-hmm. crazy circle. And to take a sidestep to your point about Gavin and how trying to push the mayor's office on Henry, it seems that the theme with him is debt. He wants people to be in his debt all the time. And so if he gets, if Henry should get into the mayor's office, then he's going to be indebted to Gavin for introducing him to the right people, and then he's going to have to do all these things for him. So 
I can understand. I can see where that's going as well. Well, if we want to know what you think, um, go to iTunes, download us, rate, comment, tell your friends. It only takes a minute. Um, you can listen to all the past podcasts and the new ones with us now included. <laughs> and tell us what you think about what's going on on 666 Park Avenue. And let us know if you think that, you know, is Jane going to go back to Indiana? Is she going to leave this whole quest of trying to find out what the Drake's all about? Um, it only takes about mm-hmm. five seconds. Go to iTunes.com, uh, download, rate. Um, yeah. Come and hang out with us every Sunday and, <laughs> and tell us what you think because it's it's a very interesting show. And there's with, uh, with each week, something new happens. You can also go to YouTube and check us out. Or you can always hang out with us here on AfterBuzzTV.com live as it's happening. Or you can always click back on past episodes. So iTunes, do it. <laughs> do it, do check it. it out. So uh, regarding Gavin, Gavin... I like to think of him, I mean, the, the title of tonight's episode couldn't have been more perfect, diabolic. He truly is the devil. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that is very apparent with the things that are happening in the building. Like, he has complete control, and it's it just comes down to a little bit of a need. If you have a desire, I feel, of something that you need, he is he can sense it, and he'll mm-hmm. play you on it. That's how I feel about Gavin. Like, he's just very, very sneaky in that regard. Mm-hmm. And he's very, man- yeah, he's very manipulative, like you said, and is kind of always looking for the newest person to take advantage of. And tonight we kind of saw that with Sam. He kind of, you know, just sent Sam into this endless hallway. I, he just went down the elevator and all of a sudden ended up kind of in, like, crazy town. Um, and then I think we ended up seeing Sam's head, I believe, right? In the box of the dinner table? That's what I got out of it. That's what I got, too. I didn't, I couldn't quite tell if it was because, you know, once it's chopped off the body and inside (laughs) the box, in tissue paper, wrapped all pretty, it's hard to tell if who the person is, but it's very possible that it was Sam. And what even brings Sam to the position of being lost in, in the hallway, of being put in the box, if that's the case, is the fact that, um... They're they're trying to get to the bottom of who attacked Olivia last mm-hmm. episode at the Halloween ball, who tried to run her over. And we find out tonight that in the midst of, of the discovery, Dr. Evans, who we from last episode with Louise, is the doctor that comes on board to take Olivia's blood tests mm-hmm. to make sure that everything's on the up and up to make sure she's safe and OK. And we find that she was chloroformed now because the doc kept that secret for Gavin that left him open for many, many craziness to happen, I think, Mm -hmm. which led for the conversation or prior to even knowing about the chloroform, they find that he he needs business he needs money for his business because obviously we find out that he has a business. Yeah. His business, yeah. he has a very bad gambling problem. Mm-hmm. And so Gavin kind of plays on the fact that he's in need and he says, well, how much do you need? And he, he asks for $50,000. It's and not a little amount well, of money right well, there. No, not at all. Yep. But, but it's just one more per- person. I feel like that Gavin is going to take advantage of and definitely. ultimately use for his own benefit as he does with everybody else in the Drake. So. He'll, he'll probably eventually end up dead because how do, you, how do you he get out of to. that? <laughs> yeah, so. Once you owe Gavin, uh, it, there's a chance of you dying. Yeah. yeah. That's what it comes down to. He will to. soak you for everything you've got and leave you out to dry. <laughs> there you go. But it, he, he's out, you know, he's, in the end, he's trying 
trying to protect Gavin's trying to protect his own interests and we find that the the chloroform the reason that she was chloroform was to distract Gavin so that way they could be robbed their home could be robbed now Olivia of course thinks that they just got away with diamonds and and stocks and bonds mm-hmm. and at one point I think we were trying to figure out if she was even clued in yeah. to what's going on with Gavin and I think that there are parts of it that she doesn't know but like, I think she knows the gist of it. She definitely knows the important parts because I, yeah, at first I really wasn't sure if she knew anything when he well, was. Up until this point, they've been painting her as the victim with the car crash, then her passing out, and then um, her she's just going around sipping tea and you know, she had the ble- getting the blood drawn. She, she was in a very kind of compromising position with the pillow, and so you're, I'm, I want to see. I know that she. I know that there's another side to this character. They're not going to put someone. So I'm I'm waiting for something to happen with her. I mean, Vanessa. Williams can bring it. We've all seen it. So I'm hoping that she just, like, she's, I just want to see her just, like, just knock someone out. Just really fast. <laughs> I need to see it. I, just, I miss that side of her. <laughs> and I think it's good because, I mean, although we did find out that she does kind of at least know what's going on with the whole situation, she's still kind of like the nice character who, you know, goes around and talks to all the new people. She went to lunch with Jane today. Um, and then, I don't know, I... I'll be interested to see if she kind of sides with Gavin on all of this and ends up being kind of part of this whole manipulative plan in the end. I think initially that Olivia and Gavin, I mean, they're they're married. It's a partnership. I mean, hopefully you know who you're married to. <laughs> hopefully. They had a child together. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I, I think that she is more in cahoots with Gavin. She doesn't want to know everything because it's, it's, she's safer that way. Yes. And she knows that under the circumstances. I agree. She She's safer to not know everything, and so she just kind of lets Gavin drive the ship. And that's not a bad position to be in when your significant other is driving the ship and you're pretty much driving to Barney's and shopping (laughs) and having champagne lunches. So... I think that that's kind of the case with her is she just lets him deal with it and she's aware, but she just doesn't know as much. But, you know, at the same time, although I think it probably is good for her to be sort of oblivious, she also kind of wants to be in on the whole thing. You see when when I believe it was who was it? Uh, Victor Shaw. That's who it was Mm -hmm. when he when he kind of showed up at dinner um, and was talking with Olivia. He was kind of like, you know, you need to ask Gavin the real reason behind, you know, the why you passed out at the Halloween party. And she definitely goes and does that, gets another blood test from a doctor who's not a part of the Drake in any way, shape, or form, um, and then ends up confronting Gavin about it and says, like, hey, tell me the real reason behind this. So I think she does at least want to know kind of to an extent what's going on and wants to be a part of it. And with Victor, she did defend, while she did defend her husband, she really did genuinely kind of soak in what Victor was telling her about mm-hmm. how, you know, he, she can get $40 appetizers, but she doesn't know, <laughs> she doesn't know what's really up, but he's up to. I think Victor Victor Shaw was playing and hoping that she wasn't as clued into things as she is. Mm-hmm. And he, even she said to Gavin, you know, towards the end, like, hey, he is putting this, um, he came to me as, she, as, she, as Victor's, no, not Victor, as Gavin is showing Olivia the pictures, the surveillance pictures of what happened during the accident. And then she sees the picture. She's like, that's Victor Shaw. So, she continues to tell Gavin at that point, like, hey, this guy came to me and actually took time out of his day to try to make me doubt you. And that's how I found out that I was chloroformed. And why was I chloroformed? Like, I don't... She, I think she's trying to put two and two together. But because 
Gavin drives the ship and knows, you know, keeps the secret. Mm-hmm. And she knows about it, but doesn't dabble in it so much. I think the fact that because it was more than just jewels, it was more than just money and and stocks and bonds that were taken out of the house that it was that box, that box is something that would absolutely worry her, which we saw it did. Mm-hmm. Knowing that that box is, has been taken, there's a lot of... Um, oh, she knows what's inside. I want to know what's inside. It's scary. I mean, when they open, it's like when they open things up, it's like always black smoke and crazy and eerie things happen. Well, we saw what happened to uh, Mr. Williams who opened the box when uh, he was told not to after being paid three Mm -hmm. million. Well, he's not cashing that check. Well, I mean, it's so funny (laughs) because when they open with the robber, you know, holding the box, he's like, why is this box so important? What's behind the Mm -hmm. box? He initially, the offer was only a million dollars, but when he heard the tone of the person that wanted the box and how badly, which was Victor Shaw, how badly Victor wanted this box, he upped it to three million. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, the box is priceless with what's inside of it. It has mm-hmm. no value. And we saw that when Victor and Gavin are at lunch. They, you know, Gavin's like, we need no interjection. I know exactly who you are. What do you want? And there's $10 million now put on the table. Mm-hmm. A $10 million offer. Pretty big offer. deal, whatever is in this box. Could be anything or anyone. Yeah. Well, I think it has a lot to do with the history of the Drake and, and that secret society that you see in the pictures. I don't know. Is it just me? But is it? Are Gavin and Olivia one of those couples that, because of the whole diabolical thing, that they're living ageless forever? Because all of this stuff that happened was in 1929, and with last week's episode, they said that the Halloween ball reminded her of 1929. Well, she doesn't look like she's that old. They might just all be ghosts. That's I'm at the true. point where I don't know who's a ghost and who's real and what's going on you know, anymore. That so. never crossed my mind, but that really could be true that they could just be ageless and, and that's why they're they're there and they can't lose that maybe they don't want to lose that quality about being never growing old. If they lose the they live stop excuse me, if they stop living there, maybe that'll kinda of break the curse or whatever. And then Vanessa Williams will turn old. <laughs> She'll shrivel up all tiny and, skin and turn to dust. <laughs> no, I, I like that, that kind of made me think for a minute because all of the things that are reoccurring at the Drake are scenarios that happened back in 1929, which were during the Peter Kramer, during the Peter Kramer death. Yeah. And so when you have, when you have this whole like flashback thing that's going on, it's like, are they ageless are, you know, did they sell their soul to the devil to stay young forever? Mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't, she knows what she needs to know, but she always see her shopping and <laughs> throwing parties and being mm-hmm. fabulous. Did she pay, is that the price she paid to keep doing that? It's not such a bad price to pay if so. It's interesting because I'm afraid what, once we find out the answer to this, where does the show go? I mean, is this, I know it's not a miniseries, I know, but it could be, it could, I mean, really, what's next? Once, all the, once what's in the box is revealed, it'll be interesting to see how they keep this going. You know, I'm wondering, kind of back to the box thing, didn't they mention at the end that it's someone in the box? I think maybe I might have misinterpreted that, but I think at the very end that someone made some comments saying, like, once they realize who was inside of that box, like, they're not going to want to let him out, basically. Victor Shaw said it best that that, that he was imprisoning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was imprisoning. I, my guess is this. Olivia, back in 1929, had a very, and they said, a very um, 
overprotective or her her lover mm. at the time was very like kind of in her in her deal yeah, controlling yeah, yeah, control. really that was her, the word controlling yeah. like very mm. in her business and probably to a point where it was very uncomfortable and i think that that person is peter kramer and i feel that with mm. with what could have possibly happened is gavin going in and rescuing her which he's all he's like i i love my wife i'm going to continue to protect you he goes and he rescues her but the price is is she's now with gavin and she takes he takes care of peter mm-hmm. that's my guess but peter's already out peter's out of the suitcase or the briefcase or whatever uh, it was last week i don't know We'll see. Maybe it's. I feel like there have been so many new characters in the last few episodes that it might just be someone completely new again. Especially in this one. I mean, we didn't see certain people that we've seen. Even there were characters two weeks ago that we haven't seen. So, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? We'll see. I mean, who knows what's going to happen to all these people? But I, I predicted it. We'll find all these people that are dead and sucked into the walls and the ceiling and all of this. Well, they'll th- all be in one big room somewhere at the end. <laughs> I think what it is is when you flash back to the article where they're kind of standing in the half circle in the basement with the whole, you know, sign on the, you know, the mosaic on the floor in the basement. I have a feeling that a lot of these characters that are coming about, Sam, Victor Shaw, Gavin, whoever's in the box, <laughs> Peter, you know, Kramer, they're all... I. I mean, this is just my guess. They're all that crew, and they all know what's inside that box and the and the secrets that it holds, and maybe the reasoning to why they sold their soul, souls to the devil, and why they're still alive, and why are they able to, you know, Gavin's able to pull off these schemes where he's buying a building in a in a toxic area and selling it the next day and tripling or doubling his price, whatever he gets. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I feel is going on with all these different characters. So the whoever and whatever's in the box. Do you think that these characters, like uh, Mr. Shaw and all the, are the good guys and Gavin's the bad guy, even though they're kind of playing it, that they're the adversary of the characters we already know? Yeah. I was kind of thinking that too, yeah, because it's almost, even though we know how awful Gavin is and like that he basically is the devil, at the same time he has kind of a well-known character and we've kind of like come to know him through mm-hmm. the fa- past few episodes. And now, yeah, they almost make, make out like Victor Shaw to kind of be the bad guy guy in a way but really he's he could be mean he could be the good guy i mean he's kind of coming like trying to come in and take down the devil essentially and gavin so i think we'll have to see in the next few episodes what and i'll be interested to see what victor shaw's real motive is behind this because we haven't really like established any sort of reason for why he wants to come in and kind of you know he said i want to take gavin down and he wants the drink i mean right that's what they're fighting over is this this building so there has to be some more significance than just real estate value in New York. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you notice, when the when Victor calls the robber prior to him opening the box, he's like, whatever you do, don't open the box. Mm-hmm. So he knows what's inside that box. I don't think that Victor Shaw is the good guy, honestly. I feel that he is a character who is out for himself. This is all about greed is what it comes down to. I mean, if you're living on Park Avenue in Manhattan, you're you're not tr- trying to make a few bucks. You're going big. It's go big or go home. Yeah. And so for Victor Shaw to come in and request like, you know what? Your $10 million is nothing to me. I want the Drake. Why does he want the Drake so badly? There might have been something back in 1929 between the two. Who knows? I don't know. There's. I still say there could be a twist, and we could be on the other side with the adversaries, and, and yeah. it might be a twist. It wouldn't be the first time. We'll see. We'll see.
who knows i i feel that with this whole thing like i said i think it comes down to a lot of greed and i think that it's a power struggle victor holds all the power right now it's almost like he was the big fraternity like the main fraternity <laughs> guy and all these other guys were his puppets and got kind of like shafted yeah. in the whole deal and now they're just coming back to get what's theirs and i think that that's what victor's character truly is he's coming back to get what belongs to him even though it doesn't really belong to him yeah and i think you're completely right the whole thing really is just like one big power struggle between all of these different characters and i think it will be interesting to see next episode kind of how these other characters can hold up against gavin because he does have the power right now um and he you know he has all of these basically his little puppets inside of the drake who he's using to kind of benefit himself and his plan so i think we'll kind of see if he's able to keep that up or if these new guys who are coming in might kind of be able to take gavin down it was interesting because when he went to Tony, and Tony's such an interesting character, the doorman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's such an interesting part of the thing. And and it's funny because when we first started the this, this season, he initially wanted to be the guy that ran the Drake. But Gavin has a bigger plan for him. And it's if he's running the Drake, like he'll be too distracted. I don't know why he won't yeah. let him run the Drake. But when he went to him today, he's like, I need you again for things that I've hired for you from you in the past, which makes me feel like he's a little yeah. bit on the mafioso side. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. You know, I kind of, up until this episode, was wondering how much he really knew about what was going on in the Drake. He's a part of everything, but at the same time, he's the doorman, and you you know, you know, don't necessarily expect him to be Gavin's sidekick, who's actually, like, helping with all of... The doorman yeah, knows everything. Yeah, he does, of course. Of his, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The doorman knows all the secrets, knows all the gossip, yeah. you know. No, it's he knows what's going on in apartment B and what's going on in apartment C and well, what's going on on the tenth floor and the third floor. In the Halloween episode, when he was basically set up to be hung, and Gavin saved him, he kind of just fixed his collar and and kind of just went back to business. Yeah. There was no like initial shock. It almost seemed like maybe this happened before. Yeah. You know, I mean, Absolutely. there was really no like unbelievable like I need to I need to sit down. I need to drink. Nothing. No, so. absolutely. Gavin has done mm-hmm. this before, and that's how he strong arms people to get what he wants. He's like, I need you for something, and and we find out that he wants to figure out who what who it was that was trying to get Olivia to just this whole distraction that happened at the Halloween ball. He's trying to figure it out, and he he says to Tony, I need you to do what you do best. And he's and Tony says that he's like, I'm very pers- I can be very persuasive, and that's where I started to feel like, well, this guy's a little bit on the mafioso side. Yeah. And so we find him in the one apartment with the guy that tried to run over Olivia. You know, with a bag over his head. Mm-hmm. And that's where we discover the character of Sam. And Sam is just sitting there freaked out because Gavin pretty much threatens him. He's like, you know, right now you're useful to me, to the guy mm-hmm. that was sitting in the chair. You're useful to me. I, I would kill you right now, but mm-hmm. uh, I want to know who it is that sent you. And right then when Sam was like, I need to, I can't be here for this because ultimately he becomes an accessory mm. if yeah. he witnesses the murder but little does he know that Gavin has the power that he has right. which is why you know when Gavin went after him he's like look you know I don't know why you're leaving but you need to stay he's like no I don't want to be a part of this and, and what's going to happen to him he goes well what's going to happen to him is exactly what's going to happen to you which is because though because Sam was involved with the the almost car accident with 
um, Olivia. Yeah. yeah. And that came out after, of course, the first scene was, not to go too far backwards, but the first scene was Sam telling Gavin how there's been security breaches at his other properties. So that kind of caught my attention because we haven't really heard about these other properties. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm sure it will come in down the line, but I wanted to just bring that up because I thought that was a little thing they snuck in there. And then we learned, just to go back to you, that he is not very loyal to Gavin at all, and now he is in a maze. Well, I think when it comes to the other properties... And a good example of that is the one building that he purchased that was on the toxic land. Mm. Um, Gavin is a big power guy in in Manhattan, in New York City. He is a guy who is real estate. He's almost like Donald Trump. <laughs> I was actually thinking that earlier. I was he's thinking, the version he's of the Donald Carol Trump Joe, of the drink. I'm just kidding. I know. He, <laughs> you know, he owns a lot yeah. of real estate across the board. But the yeah. main one that we see is, of course, the scary Drake, which is where he lives. Right. Now, if he lives in any of the other properties or had mm. offices in any of the other buildings that he owned, then we would see those places as well. So for Sam to say something like that, it's kind of kind of the obvious thing. You don't get to be as loaded as you are by just owning one thing. Mm-hmm. You, inv- yeah. you invest yeah. in more real estate and it just kind of develops mm-hmm. from there. Right. So for him to be part of those investments, it's... Um, it's one of those things where... I don't know. It's just interesting to I me. I think they're going to come into play a little bit more. Beyond Maybe the drag. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I think another character that we should talk about that we kind of mentioned briefly earlier is the Doctor. Yes. Who came in last episode... First of all, hit on Louise, who we actually didn't see in this episode, but there was that whole deal with her and Brian. Um, but now this episode is just becoming another one of Gavin's toys, basically. And he kind of realizes that the doctor has a weakness, in this case, the fact that he is in debt and he needs the money. And so Gavin says, hey, I'll offer you this money if you will do this for me and basically help me with my with my plan. And the doctor says, yeah, of course, you know, it's a great deal for him. Come to find out, like we said, he's actually using the money for gambling purposes. Um, but now it's kind of on Gavin's side. And I think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we saw at the end when Gavin calls him and Kandinsky was coming into the hospital and he was like, hey, I need you to basically set him free because I think he has something planned for Kadinsky in the next episode, so we'll have to see what the doctor, what the doctor is going to be used for. I think I don't even think he's on the side of Gavin. I think he just ha- doesn't have a choice. Yeah. No, he definitely that doesn't have a stuck. choice. The minute that he went to, you know, take blood from mm-hmm. Olivia and test her blood, Gavin was like, "Whatever the results are, you just let me know, and and I'll take mm-hmm. care of it." Kind of a thing, and he knew that there was something off with with him, which is why he was like, "I know you're, you know, you, you need help. Obviously, he, you know how much do you need? Fifty thousand dollars is what he." Re- asks for and Gavin smiles a big smile. Now we see that when Dr. Evans is sitting in his apartment watching the you know the bets and he's crossing things off you can see like he's sweating I mean, at that point, it's like he looks normal during the day, but when he's home during the gambling thing, it's like, is he wasted? Because, he, he, like, his skin gets, like, circles under his yeah. eyes and really, really dark, and he's sweating profusely and freaking out. And then he all of a sudden, in the middle of the episode, while he was watching, I guess, the horse race, he started bleeding. You could see it through his shirt, and then he goes into the bathroom, and you see there was basically a tattoo that was, I didn't catch what it said, but... I know, me neither. Yeah. If you know, yeah, if you know what it said, please tell us. Because yeah. we're all clueless. It went way too fast. Yeah. Tweet us, iTunes it. Um, yeah. 
Um, mention, rate, go to iTunes and rate and comment and, yeah. and let us know what you think actually was, was it was almost like he was branded. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was more than just like a tattoo. It was almost like he was like... And, and I think he kind of realized then like the power that Gavin has because he said, hey, like you gave me this money and I know like I'm not using it for necessarily the best cause, but like what's going on? Why do I have like a new tattoo across my chest? So I think we'll see maybe, maybe in the next episode they'll tell us what it said. Cause honestly they showed it for like half a second. It'll be one of those away. things where, um, he'll, you know, with, he'll probably have one of those moments and I guess we'll do that in predictions <laughs> that where he'll like go into the mirror and really kind of reevaluate mm-hmm. yeah. what he got himself into as we have seen with past characters like the journalist and when she started to think like what did I what did I do by cha- making up this story and inventing this person who actually turned out to be real mm-hmm. yeah. yes. you start reevaluating your decision and and that's something that I think is going to happen with him especially once he, he Gavin says to him he says you know you're going to be very useful for me and when I call you answer. Yeah. No matter what's mm-hmm. going on, like my call is first and foremost important, and you need to answer the phone. And he don't waste any time. He really <laughs> did not. So you know we have Gavin goes to the jailhouse and goes to meet with Kadinsky, which I think that it all comes back down to Victor Shaw. Yeah. And he pretty much gets. Kadinsky to do some sort of medical crazy thing, whether it's an accident. We didn't see what necessarily happened, but something happens in jail that that makes him have to go to the hospital, that leads him to being brought to the hospital. And that's when Dr. Evans gets the call. And the call pretty much says, like, okay, I need you now, and your job is to release this guy. Let, like, free him. So that way he can take care of whatever business Gavin has in store. And we saw in the last episode with the Halloween party where Kudinski was, like, running around trying to shoot everyone that he definitely is capable of maybe helping Gavin out with his big diabolical plan. Um, so I think I think we'll see maybe next episode what what Gavin's thinking Kudinski is going to do for him now because I think Gavin's realizing he almost needs to, like, build an army now that he has, you know, Victor Shaw against him and all these other people who he are realizing, you know, know what's going on at the Drake and kind of, like, know the whole background there. Um, so I think we'll see kind of who all Gavin's going to pull in to to work with him and help him. Very exciting. We will see. Well, shall we get into some news and gossip? News and gossip. Yeah. After TV News. So in the news right now, it's um, 666 Park Avenue, ABC. It's The question is, after tonight's episode is, will they cancel it or will they keep it? And this is uh, via... Uh, tvseriesfinale.com and the ratings have weren't necessarily haven't been exactly the best they were at a mediocre 2.1 which is about 6.9 million total viewers for the demographic of 18 to 49 Mm -hmm. and so it's not the most desirable ratings but over the last few weeks especially after last week's episode they've kind of jumped up a little but it hasn't the ratings have been kind of you know here and there but I just I hope that it's going to continue to go on they're saying that initially ABC bought 13 episodes of 666 Park Avenue and recently ordered you know two more scripts so We'll see what happens. It's at a 1.7 now in 18 to 49. Mm-hmm. And if you think about all the advertisement ABC did for this show, and of course, they really had to kind of reinvent their Sunday ABC quite a bit this year. Um, so the advertisement was needed, but I've been, I'm just surprised to see it, it is what it is. I don't know why it doesn't appeal to too many more younger people like ourselves. I just don't see it. I don't know why, but... 
<laughs> I think there's a lot of potential with the storyline, though, especially since we have so many characters and every episode we're meeting new and more and more new characters. So I don't know. I hope they keep it because we want to be here. So <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely one of those things where. Um, there's other shows out there that are similar to these type of horror, scary type things where it's like, oh, not another one. I honestly, I'm a, I love this one, so we'll see what mm-hmm. happens with it. Do we have any other news? Well, it is a little, like, just to continue on that point, isn't it a little watered down compared to like American Horror Story or something that would be on cable? So maybe people our age are just kind of would say like it wouldn't, it's watered down. I mean, I this is enough of me. I don't need to be like frightened out of my wits to enjoy a Sunday night television show. No, I couldn't agree with you more. It's one of those things where I'm not a big fan of scary things, and for me, like, this is, I'm sucked in. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I I do agree with you, but I also think that this is definitely more, like, I'm a big fan of American Horror Story, but, and that's definitely more about the scary aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I think this is more about kind of combining, like, you know, a little bit of scary with a little bit of drama, and... It's a soap. It's a horror soap. And it's a mystery. There's a lot of mystery Mm -hmm. with what's going on Mm -hmm. with this, and and it's almost like one of those Alfred Hitchcock books where you just keep turning the page because you want to find out what happens next. Yeah. That's what I feel is, is happening with this, but I hope that the ratings go up. Yes. Well, the show tapes at Cine Magic Riverfront Studios in Brooklyn, and that is right next to the East River. Unfortunately, we know this last week we had Hurricane Sandy, and um, the studios uh, fell victim to the storm as well. Um, the, there's a quote here. It says, um, it's from the, um, excuse me, the owner. He says, I went to check out the studio, I went to check them out, the studios, the night of the storm at 10 p.m., and they were under under six feet of water, the entire complex, uh, says the owner of Mat- uh, Cine Magic Reference Studios. It wasn't in very good shape. Uh, it'll be at least three weeks before production can potentially resume for 666 Park Avenue uh, th- with the standing sets. Um, though uh, they say that they could always have a delay or just move locations, but they still would have to repair all of their main large sets. So um, that's too bad. Yeah. That's the nature of Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is it's it's one of those, because it's a, a film, you know, a, um, a TV series, it can be moved, unlike, you know, maybe a law firm or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So the possibility of it, that happening, that's that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward. I'm hoping they keep yeah. moving forward. In the grand scheme of things, I mean, it, it's not a huge deal compared to what has happened on the East Coast. Yes. But, I mean, still, I guess I, further in the article, they mentioned that WB, who produces the series, is really, really invested in that they're just doing whatever they can to relocate, and they'll see. But ABC has their say, so we'll see. Um, Terry O'Quinn, who plays Gavin, of course, uh, was on The View on Friday, and um, they didn't ask him hardly any quality questions, but uh, what was interesting that came up was um, that writers have offered to tell Terry, the actor, um, more character information and background and what he's really hiding. Um, but Terry says, quote, I don't want to know anything. I don't need to know. To me, that's just extra baggage. And he's a little concerned that if they let him know something that he might get carried away with theories or minor details. So he's he's in for the ride with us. Huh? I like that, though, honestly. I mean, for mm-hmm. him to not want to know what's going on, that's that's... 
it's like reading ahead, you know, going reading a book and reading like the first two chapters and going straight mm. to the end. You don't want to go to the end. You kind of want to build the journey. And his character is so intricate with how demonic and crazy and manipulative that he is that it's best that I think that he doesn't know. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's definitely, I mean, I think he is the backbone of the story, even if, you know, it's kind of more centered around Jane and it's told kind of through her perspective. I think he's really the key character. Oh, he's the puppet master. He is. (laughs) He's the puppet master. And one last point, ABC's The View's own Whoopi Goldberg is appearing on the show and uh, supposedly has some type of powers and we don't know if they're good or bad, but that'll be an interesting cameo. I can't imagine her being like demonic in any way, really. I can. I don't know. I can see her doing anything. Anything. I, yeah, she's she's one of those versatile people that she she exactly can do anything mm-hmm. from yeah. like you know her sister act to ghost and all that oh, kind yeah. of she stuff. She loves horror. She's always talking about it. So uh, sounds like a good fit for her. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what she's doing. Yeah. Can't wait. So shall we get into some predictions? And now your after buzz TV predictions. I feel like this music is really fitting for the show. It's it really like is. Okay, Christine, tell me, what do you think is going to happen in the next in the next episode? Um, well, for starters, two characters that we mentioned we actually didn't see this episode, well, three actually, are um, Louise and Brian and Alexis. Mm-hmm. And we saw in the previews that apparently Brian and Alexis are um, going to have a little thing next episode. So I I don't know. I'm going to be interested. I mean, they've kind of had, I think it was two episodes ago, and even last episode when, when Louise had the thing with the doctor and the elevator, and Alexis was clearly trying to kind of, you know, get in between um, Louise and Brian. I think it'll be interesting to see maybe this time Louise is going to find out about it. I think that might be... Maybe I miss Alexis. Episode. I miss her. Uh, I, like a, I like a good seductress <laughs> with, uh, you know, uh, she's got something to prove. You know, I like it. She's up to something. That so. girl, all she does, she gets ready for bed 24-7. <laughs> she is constantly getting ready to go to sleep. But what do you guys think is going to happen with, with Gavin and Olivia in the box? I just want to know what's in the box. I'm really not sure what to expect, though, as far as what is in there. So. I'm, I'm very interested to see what goes on with this ex-lover of hers that's imprisoned, because I know this person is going to make a, a change on their relationship, and I, something's going to happen. I'm sure that um, someone that has power, they, he must have power over both of them if he's such a threat. So we shall see. We'll see. But yeah, that's the most exciting thing for me. All right. So I think that with Jane and Henry, I think that this whole 1929 thing is going to start to really get to Jane, trying to discover the history. It's going to take a toll on his relation, their relationship together, uh, Jane and Henry. And I feel that the more Laurel or Lauren is mm-hmm. peering in his ear and the more Gavin is hooking him up with jobs, the more distant the two of them are going to become. Um, I see Jane staying at the Drake. Even though she's dying to go home, I see her staying there because there's family ties now and I think Nona now no, knowing that Nona has these powers and is able like she saw the gun and the shooting before it went down mm-hmm. I think that Nona and Jane are really going to kind of take a bond together and they're going to they're the good in the Drake yeah. they're the good that's going to try to change all of these you know Gavins and Victor Shaw's and you know and let's not forget Nona's grandmother she's there looking out the window <laughs> but she's up to something she's got she's tied 
I believe that she's going to come into play soon, too. There's yeah. so many people. I think Nona's <laughs> grandmother was silenced at some point, which we don't know the history. Yeah. I think she was silenced for maybe knowing too much or being that good soul that wants to change the demeanor of the Drake. And so I feel that she's going to start talking at some point. And I think it's going to be the power of Nona and Jane joining forces before that starts to happen. And I think that once Henry starts to dive deeper into his, um, deeper into his career, the more the separation of him and Jane's going to happen, the more he is going to look like New York's, you know, Mr. Most Eligible Bachelor type Mm -hmm. situation. And that's going to become very appealing to hit like his lifestyle that he wants. And that's going to pull the two of them away. Now, when it comes to Gavin and Olivia, um, I feel that with Gavin having so much power over so many people, we're going to see a lot more people owing him. Um, one scenario of course is the doctor. I think once the doctor lets, uh, Kandinsky out of the hospital, he's going to have to like, there's going to have to be some sort of change or some sort of distraction that gets Kadinsky to sneak out of the hospital to do and execute what da- Gavin wants him to do, which I personally think is to go after and murder Victor Shaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I think Gavin's initial um, motive is with Kadinsky. And I think once that goes down, Dr. Evans is going to really start to reevaluate what he got himself into, which is where I said earlier, he's going to look in the mirror and start being like, what did I do to myself? You know, Mm -hmm. by looking at the branding on him. And I think that he's going to go to Luis and there's going to be some scandal between Brian Luis over Dr. Evans, which pushes Brian to go and hook up with Alexis. Mm-hmm. So it's all these love triangles. Too many. And I, I predict slash hope that Olivia can can become a super bitch. Oh, <laughs> I, I need think, it. I think Olivia is going to slowly but surely, I think the reason why she goes for the Janes and, and nurses them and distracts them is to get to know them because she too is the puppet master yeah. right next to Gavin. Oh, and yeah. we're going to see her, I think we're going to see her character even though she's been a little bit victimized in certain instances. We're going to see her character kind of come out and really just... And I think it's going to happen once they get the box back. We'll see. As long as she's still in chichilla coats, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) This girl doesn't like a little fur. (laughs) Or faux fur. (laughs) Well, if you want to know, we want to know what you think. Go to iTunes, uh, download us, rate us, comment. Tell a friend. It only takes a minute. And uh, we will see you here next Sunday for another episode of 666 Park Avenue. Where can we find everyone? Oh, yeah. Where can we find everyone? Hi. You can find. Where can we find you? I'm at C. Archer on Twitter. I'm at Grant Michael R. on Twitter. <laughs> you can find me, Miriam L. Gonzalez, on Twitter. <laughs> we'll see you guys here next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.